Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It's a new take on the classic animated cartoon series from The Lonely Island Guys, starring Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as Chippendale, and a whole bunch of comedy people in the voices, and it's very... uh, ridiculous and irreverent and weird and uh i didn't like it that much everybody seems to love it but my guest chauncey talese who is returning to the podcast he loved it and so does pretty much everyone else i know uh i had a lot of fun talking about it regardless of how much i liked it so that conversation is coming up in a second before we do get to the conversation i want to remind you as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts if you like what we do here on the show you can rate and review us apple Podcasts, good pods pod chaser spotify five stars would be awesome guys we really appreciate that but just continue listening and make sure you're subscribed that is also awesome you could also follow us on social media at piecing pod join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and don't forget to check out our produced by david rosen patreon where i post advanced and bonus content from all of the podcasts i'm involved with that's this show piecing it together also awesome movie year and then from my music career i'm currently scoring a film and we'll be posting some sneak peeks on there very soon uh getting there i'm getting there it's a lot of work but i'm getting there uh so that's that's that let's uh let's talk about chippendale rescue rangers All right, Chauncey Talese is back with us. We are going to talk about Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Woo-hoo! Chauncey, how's it going? I'm wonderful. How are you? I, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I'm I'm ready to be the grouch on this episode and uh, okay. be, be, be the only person who doesn't like this movie. No, you're not the only one. I've seen a handful of, what, of ones that didn't like it, but I was surprised when people I expected to hate it loved it. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I'm not just being, you know, um, unsophisticated. <laughs> right even the cra- yeah, sure. even some of the cranks liked it i'm like okay cool <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm surprised like there's some people who who share my sentiment but yeah it does seem like a lot of uh critics who traditionally only like you know maybe a little stuffier movies or stuff that's not just so silly as this but i don't know well maybe we'll get into it more as we're getting through this conversation i don't know what it is about these like reference based comedies that i'm just not connecting with i mean i used to like family guy i you know i i I like you know south park when they reference things like but it's just i don't know it's just not working for me and it'll come up in some of the puzzle pieces but uh there are other things that try to do this that i also didn't really like and i guess some people like but I, I think I know why. Well, were, what, were you a huge Chippendales kid when you were, when you were little? I wouldn't say huge, but I definitely liked it. I loved the Nintendo game. Mm-hmm, yeah, too. Yeah. And also, I think mostly like people get hung up on the cameo aspect, and it's like, how are they used? Because like mm-hmm. I, I'm sure one of the puzzle pieces will come up, but there is something recently that was doing it inorganically, as opposed to like this, where I felt mostly it was organic. Okay. There was one thing at the end where I was like, all right, like, <laughs> okay. Like, but the, other than that, everything felt organic. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say also, like, I mean, just throwing it out there right now, my biggest laugh of the movie mm-hmm. was something that was 
basically inorganic, which is the Seth Rogen bit mm-hmm. where all of the different Seth Rogen characters all kind of joined up and all had his Seth Rogen laugh. And I'm like, I laughed at that. I mean, I don't see how you could not laugh at that. But is it necessary? No, it but will. it still made I me laugh. Def- it's still organic and enough to where it's like commenting on like animation. He's someone who's done like a lot of it, mm-hmm. and even like, oh, and he's even doing this, but now he's doing it as a mocap character. Yeah, like I get it. Like that part worked for me. It wasn't like totally. You know, it wasn't. Um, I'll just spoil one of them. Like Free Guy, where it just all of a sudden, hey, uh, Captain America Shield lightsaber. Even though yeah. we never mentioned them at any point at all. Yeah, you know we have I mean? access to it, so let's that's, just do it. That's where I don't like it. Whereas, yeah. like most of this felt a lot like my other puzzle pieces, where it feels organic and a lot of it was actually story based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're already kind of like teasing some of our pieces, so we might as well get into it, and we'll get into more about the movie along the way. But uh, what do you have for your first puzzle piece for Chippendale Rescue Rangers? So for my first one, um, I'm going to go with an obvious one: Ralph, uh, Wreck It Ralph slash Ralph breaks the internet because they both mm-hmm. are you know in concert with each other. This yeah. is one of those where it works because a lot of the cameos in Wreck It Ralph are very they're not they don't dominate it. Like Sonic's only in a scene in both of them. Mm-hmm. Like in even a half scene to give like a quick thing of exhibition. It's like, oh, hey, Sonic. And then he's gone. Doesn't dominate the plot at all. Even yeah. like the cameos in the um, the villain support group, like they don't dominate the thing. If you don't know it, that's fine. Like you don't need to know it to know why it works. You get that they're villains. Yeah. Even the princess bit in Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph Breaks the Internet works because A, it's a funny sketch. And B, they do come back later. And the whole bit about them not like, being upset that like, oh, a man has to come save us when they save her off at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. it's organic in that sense. And that's what I appreciate. Like yeah. Chippendale has a lot of that too. Like Ugly Sonic is both a funny bit, but he also comes back. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like the whole bit, like you're not, I don't have an FBI show. You're a loser. It's like, no, I do have an FBI show. <laughs> I do know the FBI. And a lot of the people they they meet along the way, I'm like, okay, well, this is also organic because they're not, it's not just like, here's, you know, reference. Yeah. Yeah. And th- there's so many parts that people like in private conversations, like me, you know, talking about how much I, I really wasn't laughing or wasn't enjoying this. There's so many parts that people bring up and I start laughing. And it's just mm-hmm. in the movie I wasn't laughing because I was like, oh, God, I was just like, you know, getting exhausted by it all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that Ugly Sonic is there is pretty great. I it's mean, Tim Robertson, Robinson. Yeah, exactly. That too. That it's that it's him doing the voice is is kind of amazing. And I also and I felt <laughs> just like a lot of them uh, populated the world correctly. Mm. like Peter Pan, like I understand why he's a villain. I know that was kind of a controversial thing to come out of it, but I was like, I can't believe they fucking went for that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I know you you would show Scrooge McDuck at like the bathhouse, but like it didn't, it was just a a quick thing. It wasn't like we're spending five minutes at Scrooge McDuck when we could be doing plot stuff. It was just, Oh, there that is like, it doesn't bother me when it's like that. Cause another Mm. one of my puzzle pieces does that too. But mm. and, and it also works like a lot of the sign gags work for me, too. Like when yeah. Chip's walking the Hollywood of fans like Squidward, Chun-Li, and then there's the Dobby ad of like the Dobby Dolce Gabbana ad. That's funny. Like yeah. they're not they're not overdoing it with the cameos in that sense. In that sense. Yeah. And even J.K. Simmons wasn't Gumby. He was just a claymation cop. That's true. like they populated or they had original characters spread out like Wreck-It Ralph does it, too. Mm-hmm. Like they have Fix It Felix, they have um, Jay Lynch's character, and like oh, I think her name's like O'Halloran. Mm-hmm. They like they have original characters to take up most of the stuff, and the cameos are just there to be fun little Easter eggs. Yeah, and don't and uh, don't crowd it up, everything out. Well, th- that's actually a good jumping off point to my first puzzle piece then, uh, because mine was going to be South Park's Imagination Land special, mm. which also like what you're talking about. It's like you've got all of these Easter egg, you know, cameos of all these different characters that are that are in there. I think Zangief was in there from Street Fighter. There's all, sure. all kinds of characters He's from various Ralph. pop culture. Yeah. And and but then you also have all of the South Park characters like from various different episodes of mm-hmm. South Park. And so you do have like a good mix of it being IP based of it being from within its own world, from within kind of connected worlds that, uh, you know, other Disney properties and things like that, which you do associate with Chippendale, even though it's not, you know, from the actual show. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you get like this big overall tapestry of characters that are from a little bit of everything. And, you know, it, it feels 
like we've been doing it so much. I mean, you brought up Free Guy, you know, we could bring up Space Jam. I'm not going to use it as a puzzle piece, but I mean, of course, I thought of the Space Jam. That was not fair, because that's as cynical as you can get as Space Jam, too. Yes, exactly. The serververse is just like just gross you know what i mean it's it's just a gross version of it i would say this definitely falls somewhere in between the two but you know it it's not as bad as space jam for sure but i i feel like with imagination land and maybe it's just because it was the first one to do anything like this it felt like super fresh and also with Mm -hmm. you know trey parker and matt stone being as irreverent as they are it's like you know it it felt like kind of like almost dangerous and exciting you know back Mm -hmm. then and again that that was a long time ago i think it was 2007 um so we hadn't really seen anything like it i was still in high school and they were doing that so i remember we were talking about every week every every week the new part would come out that was the golden age did you see imagination land like can you believe they brought back the the critter creatures (laughs) <laughs> when i was looking it up to uh find out when that came out i i saw the little fact that they were hoping to make that an, a movie like that was going to be the second south park movie but there was some behind the scenes whatever and they ended up just having to make it an episode of the show um and then a trilogy of episodes of course but mm-hmm. but yeah that was the plan initially like let's get all of these characters and make a movie and they won the emmy for it it was an emmy that's right you're totally right on that but all right let, let's go to your next piece Mine is a TV show. I don't know if you remember it. Greg the Bunny. Oh, I kind of remember this. It was a Seth Green, Eugene Levy, Sarah, like a young Sarah Silverman. Yeah, about, uh, they worked on a like a like a bootleg Sesame Street show. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole bit is like puppet. The puppets and humans interact in the same world. They like have little the separate doors for the smaller puppets, like on, on the larger human doors. Mm-hmm. And Chippendale does a lot of that too. Like Chip's house is like a small house in a normal neighborhood. And yeah. his dog is like bigger than him, and like all like there's a bunch of ways like they integrate the tunes into the real world. Mm-hmm. And another one, a puzzle piece I know we both have does this a lot too. But yeah. it show it just create it does a lot of world building. Like Greg the Bunny, it, a being a really funny show. Like if you ever have a chance to like, I don't know if it, it's not streaming anywhere, but like it was a solid two season show. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of really good Sesame Street jokes, and um, it's just really fun to see Eugene Levy be Seth Green's dad. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good cast. And he's like a sure. pretentious he's like a pretentious director. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I kind of want to watch that. That sounds it's, like fun. It was on Fox for like two years and then Idol came in and just kind of like ate up that time slot and then just like it never it never got to recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I mean this one does a good job of integrating because like Chip works in insurance and it's not no one's ever like, hey, you're a weird tune. It's just all accepted. Yeah. Which that show does really, really well. And what mm-hmm. Chippendale did really well. Like, I bought that, like, humans and tunes interact and it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, they really need to nail that, like, with the the various different mediums interacting, because that mm-hmm. is kind of the point here. And, like, I, I'll just jump, use that as a jumping off for my next piece, because I was going to talk about the Jungle Book and Lion King live action reboots. Mm. And just the idea of, like... This is what we're doing now with with movies. We're going to take all these cartoon movies and turn them into, you know, quote unquote live action and how kind of ridiculous that is. So let's just basically screw that idea up with the Chip and Tails uh, reboot. Right. And they and, do a good job of commenting on that. Yes, aware. exactly. Yeah. And and I, I again, you know, I'm not going to just keep saying over and over, uh, apologizing for not like really liking the no, movie that much. I not like I, it. I, I I love the idea of that. I love the idea of like from within just, you know, commenting on how silly that is to keep doing that over and over. And we're getting more and more of these things. There's like at least two or three more on the timeline right now, I believe. Uh, like, the release which schedule. Ones? What, the live uh, action Disney? We, yeah, we've got oh, uh, yeah. Little Mermaid coming. We've got... Um, is there a Bambi coming? I no, think? they keep like, they keep teasing it, but there's nothing. There's no director. There's no nothing. They're like, we mm. want to. They want to do Hercules. Like I thought that Hercules. was going to happen very quickly, but like yeah. for whatever reason, that sort of stalled. Mm-hmm. Um, but Little Mermaid's like really the last big one I think they've got coming. Okay. Unless there's something I'm missing. Like I know, like Little Mermaid, that teaser will definitely be part of Avatar too. Oh, that, like yeah. I can tell you exactly what that teaser is going to be. It'll like be the um, be Haley Berry singing at Party Your World, all the all the montage of the greatest hits play, and then they show her like quickly at the end. Like that'll be that. Because I think it's there like June next year. That, or, that sounds about right. Or some something like that. Like it's it's coming. Like I'm like oh yeah, oh. I keep forgetting it's happening. You know what it is? We're getting a Lion King sequel. Oh, with Barry, Barry Jenkins, Jenkins, which 
I'm a little, I was like, okay, I'm a little interested. Like, I, yeah. I, I know people like wince, but I'm like, if he wants to do it, because he doesn't have to. Right, right. Like, I don't think he's someone who's like, who's just like openly like wanting a check, which he's getting, yeah. but like, I don't think he's like, I'm selling out. Like, he's like, I want to do something cool with this. I want to try something. Yeah. And I mean, I imagine it must be a little bit fun to play with that kind of a budget. You know what I mean? And that's not really his. you get to? Yeah. It's not like his kind of lane normally. So it's like, it it must be like an interesting experience, if nothing else. But yeah, I mean, I love the Jungle Book. Me too. Like, I, I, it's so good. Lion King wasn't as good. I think it just doesn't lend itself as well to the, you know, that kind of storytelling. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It. We'll we'll see when this uh, this Little Mermaid one comes out. We'll see how that works. Well, with Lion King, the reason why it doesn't work as well as Jungle Book is a like Jungle Book has like a real human for you to like bait, you know have your vision based off of. Yeah, like it, he's inter- he's interacting with stuff, so you're grounded. So you're grounded. And then yeah. also, Lion King took away all the cartoon flourishes. Like, and I just want to be king. There's no spotlight. Mm-hmm. There's like none of that stuff. Like it's yeah. very like no no no. They're real animals. Like we'll just own it. Like just be cartoony. It's okay. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff Timon and Pumbaa do, and like the the original, like they very cartoony. Like yeah, they swing off of vines. They their faces get really, really wa- like stretched out when like they're scared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like that's what you're missing is the cartoon element, and like the live action Jungle Book had a little of that, mm-hmm. and the performances are just better. Was it Scarlett Johansson? I think that played the snake. She, she was Kaa, and yeah. Bill Murray was con artist Baloo, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> amazing yeah i mean how how would that not be good but uh <laughs> so let's go on to another puzzle piece what do you got next uh pop star never stop stopping ah there you go because like, like this is very much a lonely island thing like there's a lot of yeah. lonely island bits in it like when they're trying to rap and it's of course terrible mm-hmm. like you think oh there's gonna be the moment where chip's actually good and it, or chip and dale are actually good rappers and nope like it's terrible mm-hmm. like it's a total sandberg like awkward i'm just gonna keep this going Dale is even played as sort of Connor for real. Yeah. Like he nuked the show because of his own insecurity and ego and he didn't have to. And then he's like trying to keep everything together. Mm-hmm. Chip is very much um, like Akiva Shaper's character where he's just kind of like a normal job, normal guy, but yeah. also like secretly very bitter. Everything fell apart. Sure. I mean, there isn't a, a Yorma equivalent in that one, but like that's kind of the idea. And also just like openly just riffing on um, everything that they're doing. Like they're very well aware of like what kind of thing they're making fun of. Like when they say, yeah, there's going to be a very serious version of the Chippendale song at the, playing overhead, like in a reboot. And it's very, it understands what it is. And um, the Lonely Island have their own take on it. And you can tell they like the material too. It mm-hmm. isn't just like Akiva's like, yeah, I kind of need a hit or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. there's no, like, nobody's Dirk Diggler outside of the Denny's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> sure. he, no one's, no one's selling themselves out. It's very much like, yeah, we really enjoyed this. Cause you can tell, cause like they went to painstaking detail to recreate like the VHS. They made sure they had the VHSs, the merch. Like, mm-hmm. they knew the show. It wasn't like, oh, well, we're just going to like watch a couple Chippendales and like reference stuff. It's like they they know the show. They know what they're parodying. And they also made sure to bring back Tress McNeil as a as as um gadget, which I very much appreciated. Yeah, you could tell that they they have a real reverence for, for mm-hmm. that show and that they know exactly what they're doing with all of these characters and how they would, you know, how they would work in this kind of a version of the story. Exactly. And yeah, and it's very, there's, there's a lot of Lonely Island bits in there. Like a lot of the Lonely Island uh, style jokes. I appreciate it. Yeah. I will say the rapping, maybe it not went on necessary. Too long, I, but like, that's the, that's like, that's the point. <laughs> and it's 2022. I think we're past the bad rapping. I mean, I know they push the joke further and further. That whole Saturday Night Live, like sensibility of just constantly pushing the joke until it's not funny anymore and then keep on going. But like, I mean, I think we're past bad rapping at this point. And they wanted to make fun of the chipmunks, which yeah. they really went in, did, went in on, which I appreciated sure. too. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, talking about this being, you know, the Lonely Island sensibility, the other sensibility that I think is like really on display here is the Lord and Miller sensibility. Yes, and so I had the Lego movie. Yeah. Me too. It, it's <laughs> like 
that just nonstop energy, nonstop fast paced, you know, both jokes and visual gags just constantly coming at you. And, and that's why it's like hard to say that I like straight up didn't like this movie, because when you have that kind of energy behind it, it's hard to not have at least a little bit of fun. Um, you know, we also use the Lego movie as a puzzle piece, of course, with Free Guy last year. And that's why, again, with Free Guy, it's hard to not at least have a little bit of fun with it, even if you don't like the whole referential humor. Um, it's still just nonstop gags and nonstop, like, little funny bits and pieces. And so there's still something to really get out of it. And Lego Movie but, um, and Lego Batman, which is, I'm just going to use that as my next piece because they work hand in hand. Um, sure. They both use a lot, a lot of IP. Like in mm-hmm. a Lego movie, like Morgan Freeman, like recites like a ton of like, you know, Millhouse, Michelangelo, Shaq, like all that stuff. Yeah. Like you would think that would be like, like okay, we get it. Lego owns or has a lot of deals, with all this stuff. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. And like even like a Batman, when like the plan is to unleash all like the mostly Warner Brothers villain IP. It still, for whatever reason, works. And yeah, it's a fine line to walk. And I know like Lego Batman wasn't really Lord Miller, but it's. You know that's that's still that same blueprint. Sure, like it shouldn't work to have like Sauron just be like in Lego Batman world, yeah. but it does. <laughs> yeah. And I can't identify why necessarily. Like I think you just sort of like have to buy into it and understand that like they're doing something at least fun with it, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to other things that just throw references to like, see, here's candy. <laughs> sure, like Free Guy does that, but I'm trying to think of other ones that like failed at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Family Guy is very hit or miss. You're like, all right, like. <laughs> In your mind, did Ready Player One fail or succeed? It, I mean, it yeah. was tough. <laughs> is the I right gave, answer. I, I gave him credit for at least like being like, yeah, I gotta pump the brakes on like my own stuff because like mm. in the book, it's way more. Like, there's a lot of ET in the book. I remember. Oh my, wow. And he's like, he knew when to like, okay, I'm not gonna like you know jerk myself off on this. Like, I yeah, throw yeah. other things in there for you. Fine. But like, you know, and if you see it, cool. But like, it does dominate towards the end. Because like, the Iron Giant would never shoot anybody. <laughs> like, they're no, like, when they do stuff that's like completely out of character and just is just there to be there, that's where I have a problem. Like, Ready Player One does that uh, towards the end. It mm-hmm. gets away with it, in, like, in the race and stuff. Like, oh, that's cool, the DeLorean and, like, all, you know, the Mach 5. That's neat. Like, mm-hmm. if it was a video game, I believe that would be there. But yeah. like, towards the end, it gets a little much. Yeah. And just very that's that's an example of inorganic. Like I want that's and that's something I don't really think you can control if you're doing something mm. like Ready Player One is inherently like, look at me, it's reference the book. Yeah. Which is yeah, that's the whole point. So And it's he like tries you kinda... to say something at the end, but it like it gets kind of bogged down because the material inherently doesn't lend itself to that. Because it doesn't yeah. I don't know how the book ends, but I'm pretty sure it isn't like, hey, go outside. <laughs> Which is what Spielberg wanted it like, look, this is cool, but like there's a whole world out there, I promise you. I got a message for these kids, and mm-hmm. I got to get it in there. Oh, and the Legos work because also, like, it's through the it's really through the prism of a kid playing with Legos, and that's really how kids would play. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have Batman jump on the Millennium Falcon just to steal the hyperdrive. Yeah, like, that's they true. They would do stuff like that. So, like, I yeah. I guess that's why that works. Yeah, I guess it is just like pure unbridled imagination, and mm-hmm. and. That, that's exactly and you would have right. those lego sets like i wasn't a lego kid i was more of a micro machines kid but like i had micro uh, like star wars micro machines that intermingled with other ones yeah and it was never weird <laughs> yeah no never never at all but we were kids so <laughs> i'll go to another puzzle piece uh a movie that i liked probably less than chippendale rescue rangers mm. but i i think uh is, is a good comparison to make in this particular moment in fandom Mm -hmm. and uh where we are as a uh, culture of of entertainment consumers jay and silent bob reboot taking place at fan conventions like through most of it i have a similar piece for this too because there's a phenomenon in the mid 2000s because that's like peak comic con was like 2008 through 11 right right i don't know if you've ever been I, I haven't. No. I went in 09 and 10. And then like right after I've that, been to E3, but not, uh, not, no, um, it's not yeah. the same. No. Like I, like they get the vibe, right. But it's like a, you really have to like know it and mm. you have to, you have to like it, which by the end of Comic-Con, you're like, this was fun. But then you're like, Oh God, that was very exhausting. And this is before yeah. it was like almost cumbersome to get into stuff. Yeah. Like, it was like, like 2010, the last year I went was like the last year where it was like, you could, it was like hard to do stuff, but not like you have to like camp out for three days to just see like the twilight panel at five o'clock on a Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. Like you could still, it was, everything was still doable, but it was getting much. And like, yeah, yeah Jane saw Bob reboot does that. Ted two was my other one. Cause that's where it culminates. I believe is at com is at a comic con. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Community I forgot does, about that actually. Yeah. yeah. Community does a comic con. Cause like I saw the, like, I've seen the family guy in Cleveland show panel at comic con. Like it's very, like I get why. Cause he was like a mainstay mm-hmm. and, and uh, McFarland would moderate McFarland green. They would all moderate panels like at yeah. various points. Like yeah, comic uh, con culture got really rough in the mid two thousands. Yeah, well, and it, it all led to where we're at right now, I think. But uh, well, all the studios better. are like, "This sucks." Like, why do I need to spend like, um, like I don't know, five million dollars to have a giant Scott Pilgrim like billboard on the side of like a hotel of like the Hilton? Yeah, and like it's gonna bomb, and like we're just losing money. Like it, this isn't helping us. Like at first they thought it would, because like that's when like all the trailer stuff was cool. Like, oh my god, we're getting the first like this, or we're seeing the first five minutes of this. Yeah, or sometimes ten minutes, or sometimes you get the whole movie if you're lucky. But like studios, like we'll just keep all this stuff in house, do our own thing. That way we're like saving money and not like going into hawk because Scott Pilgrim bombs or Jonah Hex bombs sure yeah well i mean we still got the disney expo right that's always a huge thing but that's in-house like that's at least like we're control we're controlling everything you don't have to worry about like if you're like the three o'clock thing for like oh i don't know like um superman and then all of a sudden at five o'clock like avengers dominates it just blows you off the screen like you only have like about an hour of engagement unless it's like unless something else just tanks maybe we need that competition back though maybe 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 I guess so. Like I, because it was fun. Like it was like if you were to sit there the whole day. Like I did. We did like the WB panel like the first time, and there was a whole bunch of stuff. Really cool people. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much the fans. They were kind of rude to um, Megan Fox and uh, other other and Mila mm-hmm. Kunis. That was rough. Oh, I I refuse to believe that fans at a comic con were mean to women. Like that. yeah. <laughs> Like when Josh Brolin has to step in and like diffuse stuff, you're like, oh, <laughs> um, which happened. Oh. Like that Jonah Hex panel was, um, it got a little dark. I felt, yeah. we felt bad for, or, like, this is not fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, like the combination does help, but I think they got tired of it too. Cause then, like, any time, any ground you make, you're just going to lose money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you got for your next piece? I mean, I'm just going to say right now, because I know we both have it, Roger Rabbit. Of course. Because that's like the, the, the text everything's trying to do. Like nothing has ever come close to doing it. Right. Um, which is very, it just shows you how much of a miracle that movie was. Yeah. Because it does do all the, like there is like fan service and stuff like, oh, Mickey and, Do- and Bugs hanging out. But it yeah. totally, it's totally fine. Like the mystery and the story are good. Nothing has come close to it. Like the mystery on this I thought was lacking because like it's kind of resolved in, uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, like we know what Peter Pan's doing, why he's doing it, and then it's just like, well, now we got to stop him. There isn't some kind of like, oh my god, like Mm. uh, the there's no freeway reveal. Sure. And Peter Pan isn't as strong of a villain as Judge Doom, and like there isn't. Well, like Monterey Jack and other and like Flounder get like sent to the bootleg DVD section, which is hilarious. I do like that bit because that stuff is real. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's one of my favorite things about the movie. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. you know, I I mean. There's plenty of, you know, great movies like in the streaming world and stuff like that. But like once you get down and dirty and into the bootleg world, like once you get to the like the opposite end. Like of, when you're at a thrift shop and you're like, oh, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah. You get to some weird stuff mm-hmm. uh, and it's but, it's no good. None but they of kind it. of blow their wad on like the Peter Pan reveal and like yeah. what's going on. Whereas like um, with Roger Rabbit, it like very carefully like draws the mystery out enough. Like mm-hmm. I, even every time I watch it, like, Oh yeah. Like they never, you can kind of piece it. You would never have pieced it together. Like, unless you like really just like knew. Yeah. Like the Cloverfield logo is like the freeway. They would eventually be like the freeway logo. I think it's like the one one eighteen like overhead mm. and okay. stuff like that. Like little things like, Oh, the red car. I know the history of the red car, but like, I don't know what there's where all this is going. Whereas with Chippendale, the mystery is kind of secondary. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because there was a lot more you could do with Peter Pan, especially with what they're referencing, which is fucking brutal. Like I didn't know about that story. I was like, woof. (laughs) I I don't think I know like all the details of it. He was like, he did the voice for Peter Pan, and then like he hit puberty. Then they cast him aside, and um, he he you know became a drug addict and like was homeless essentially. Like it was rough. That's some dark stuff. Well, the fact that (laughs) Disney let him get away with that, I was like, wow. (laughs) It's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, it it is really just like a stunt of a movie. The fact that all of this stuff was allowed to 
be done. Like mm-hmm. it, it's pretty wild that it exists as it does. And Roger Rabbit, like there, there's more of a grounding because it's about Eddie getting over the death of his brother. Whereas mm-hmm. this doesn't have that because like, how could you? But they do, they do at least lay enough track with like Chip and Dale in school. Like yeah. they're both just kind of like sad and alone. And yeah. then you do have you know Chip at the end, like you know, actually, I need you. Like his mom, like his mom would be like, "Hey, man, like you just need to find a friend." I'm like okay, like yeah. See, that's why I knew it wasn't totally cynical because like they do try to like give you the idea of their friendship. Mm. It did. I do wish it had more like um, gadget and zipper though, because it just seems like they needed to be more integral. Like I know they're like off having like forty-seven kids or whatever, but like <laughs> it does feel was. like they need they they needed to be included a little more because mm-hmm. they were such a huge part of that show too, and like they would have their own POV about like why it fell apart and like, but you don't really get that. Yeah. Well, I'll go to another piece, you know, actually just to kind of continue on with, with talking about, you know, how they managed to do this. I I was thinking of the Super Smash Brothers video game series Mm. and how somehow, uh, behind the scenes, Nintendo has been able to strike deals with various IP holders to be able to get these characters from other video games into this giant Nintendo fighting game. And, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of like, trying to appeal to this very specific moment in, in entertainment, especially millennials and that mm-hmm. entire crowd that just seems to love crossovers. And I wonder if we're going to get more of that kind of stuff, like outside of just a weird little throwaway animated movie. Like if we're going to actually start to get, you know, this character from this movie versus that character from that movie and, you know, ET versus Batman. Sure, why not E.T. versus That was Batman. a good gag. I, I at least appreciate yeah. they went with, like, they at least showed you a scene from that movie. I'm like, yep, that's exactly how terrible it would be. Yeah, it would be. And, really yet there bad. still would be people that would cry when E.T. is like, I forgive you, Batman. Yeah, they, <laughs> it, would be the, it would be the most important movie in their life, for sure. It would be, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, you know, it, it is just a, a crazy thing that this was able to be pulled together. And uh yeah, I, I don't know. It just makes me wonder, just like with Smash Brothers opening the doors for all these like cross-studio collaborations, it makes me wonder if we're going to see more things in the world of movies like that. You might, because I mean, in the 80s, it took Spielberg to like broker like Disney and Warner Brothers be, uh, playing nice, and like yeah. Disney being kind of um, on the outs and just being down to yeah. be open to that. Like if that, a year later, no way, Jose, would they let that happen? Yeah. Because like they didn't, they had Little Mermaids. So they didn't need to like, hey, see our animation department's still good. Remember this? Eh, yeah. Eh. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the uh, the Looney Tunes are in that position now, which mm-hmm. I think is why you get Space Jam too. Because like as awesome as the Looney Tunes are, and they have little shorts on HBO Max, but like their cultural currency isn't really there anymore because they exactly. don't have anything to do with the properties. Whereas yeah. Disney's very steadfastly over the last thirty years, for better and for worse, like made sure you cared about them or at least your kids had some sort of reverence for them sure sure well it's only a matter of time before we get a marvel versus a24 movie i'll, eh, I'll watch that i don't think you'll ever get like marvel versus dc because like that would take someone one of the two most likely be dc be like way on the downside. yeah like we're even batman can't work anymore so like fuck it can we just like get like spider-man and batman please like fine we'll do it how much do you think that would make like opening box office let's take a guess here hmm. i think it would probably be in the 200s yeah like if at would, least but it would have to be a ways out yeah you know like it'd have to be like and i don't know how they would because the flash is going to be a big um test of that yeah because even though like uh into the, like no way home did like the three spider-men having the, mm-hmm. like a flash do all the other batman is going to be something interesting especially with like how cursed that movie's just been It'll be a miracle if that movie even comes out at this point. I think it's gonna, it has to, because like I know they're done. Like they, yeah, it's done. So it's gonna, it's gonna come out and it's gonna be in theaters. Like they've, they're not holding back from that, but I just don't see how it's gonna necessarily work unless like the Keaton of it all like saves it. Yeah. (laughs) Keaton. Because like they're, they've been trying to do like they cast like him, uh, Miller as Flash in like 2015 and they still Mm -hmm. haven't done a solo movie and they're already gonna have two aquaman two wonder woman and one another a whole other batman and they still haven't gotten the flash it's amazing absolutely wild and they've like every director like uh has gone through it and like nope can't do it well let's move on to some more pieces i I have one more piece after this uh what what do you have next um this one's kind of an easy one but despicable me three 
I think they pulled okay. a lot from because like Trey Parker's villain was um very much what Peter Pan is, except not a not as dark, but they kind of allude to like, you know, it's the same deal. Mm-hmm. Like once he hit puberty, like he was cast aside, had to go to a life of crime. Yeah. And you know, he wants everything to be what it was uh, back in the day. Like so all this this stuff is eighties aesthetic. Yeah. You've seen I'm sure you've seen it, right? I actually haven't seen the third one. I remember the trailers for it and that the fact that they were bringing Trey Parker in and I, I thought it looks like it might be worth more. checking out. Mm, I wanted more Trey Parker and like the yeah. Gru's twin brother thing. I'm like, all right, like this kind of, mm. you know, I get why they had to pivot to minions because there really wasn't much more meat on the Gru bone. Right, right. Which is why you're getting now young Gru because now it can be despicable again. Sure. There you go. <laughs> They're really, I, I was just in Universal Studios last uh, week. They're, they're really leaning on Gru still. Like, he's, he's kind of a big deal there. Well, they have the huge minion. Yeah. I haven't been um, since, like, uh, God, I haven't been to Universal in 10 years, unfortunately. But, like, is the minion ride, minion ride cool? Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was all right. Like, I've, I've never really been a big fan of that series. Like, I, I thought they were kind of fun but not really i mean they they they're taking the reins with that super mario brothers movie so they better do me proud well that's the next gonna be the next thing like you watch like in the next 10 years like the like once they figure out you can just do animated video game movies like illumination is gonna clean up yeah because you're gonna absolutely. get mario and then they're gonna do like i'm sure you'll get like metroid prime they'll do all the old games uh and then that'll be sort of the dominant one even though yeah. superheroes will still be around I'm sorry to say for you. <laughs> um, uh, I like good. some of them. I like Ant Man. No, I know. I'm just like I always get annoyed at the whining. It's like we get it. You don't like it. Like I'm, I know like, you're not it. Not you specifically, but like yeah, other people. Yeah. Like I okay, it's fine. Like you don't have to be hyper Thor, but like you know, chill. Like <laughs> these things aren't going away. You yelling at them I, isn't going to make them go away. I love Ant Man and Aquaman. Probably the yeah. two that like people don't like. The people that love superhero movies. Oh no, I love Ant Man. Ant Man's the best uh, overall series. Like, I will, like Thor might if Thor four is amazing, it could it could eclipse that. But like Ant Man as a trilogy is like the mm-hmm. best of like of Marvel for me. Yeah, like it's so much fun, and the stakes aren't as super high. Like you can just enjoy them. Those are the most rewatchable, I would say. Yeah, and they work. It's fun, which is what superheroes should be. Bingo. That's exactly. why they're the best ones. So my last puzzle piece uh, is actually going to be the 2002 comedy Death to Smoochie with Edward Norton and Robin Williams as kid show actors who are just sad losers and weirdos, which uh, when we're seeing the behind the scenes of all these these people who were in the quote unquote Chippendale Rescue Rangers show, they all have just like messed up lives as they go on. And of course, Peter Pan, his whole messed up thing as the villain and everything like that. So there's just all kinds of sadness and darkness behind these characters who mm-hmm. are big kids show heroes. And so uh, I thought of uh, I thought of Death the Smoochie, which is one of my favorites. That's a good one. I wish DeVito would have directed more, but I get it. Like, I know. you know, once Duplex bombed, I think it's like, mm, I've had it. Like, I don't need yeah. to. I can just I, I'm surprised he hasn't even directed a Sunny episode. I know, that's crazy, because he, I mean, Death to Smoochie, even if it wasn't, like, critically successful, it, or box office successful, I it guess, was not a but, but it's still, like, it's it's worth, like, it, there's no reason why he shouldn't have been able to do more, but like you oh, said, sure. the clock's bombed pretty bad, so. I think at a certain point, you're just like, I'm a certain age, like, I just want to, like, have fun with, like, my new friends, and just, like, you know, just do gross stuff, and I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to direct, like, it's just stressful, I can imagine. <laughs> No, and that's another thing Chippendale does really well too. Is like um, they don't even overload the cameos when they go to like the the seemingly good town, but it's like the the main street, yeah. Like that gag where they go to find the cheese guy, right? Like right. they didn't overstep it. Most of them like, oh, look, those are just animated characters. Yeah, that's why it works. It wasn't like Scar or something like that, you know? Like, sure. oh, you know what I mean? Like, or it wasn't like, oh, here's the bad guy from uh, here's Shere Khan from uh, Tailspin or something. Like, right. it was mostly just animated characters doing CD stuff. Yeah. Which I like. That's very much my jam, and it's why I'm very upset that like Happy Time Murders was such a disaster. Like I'm like, oh, the one time they're going for like an R-rated thing like this, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of this ahead of time, but I'm also thinking of the animated segment from David Wayne's The Ten, mm-hmm. um, which also just just like a seedy uh, animated town, basically. TV you know? Funhouse also yeah. functions that way. Yeah, like the, the, whole, like the whole you've seen the Disney uh, TV Funhouse, right? Where they go to the Disney Vault. No, I haven't. Oh, <laughs> that's one of those. I'm like, damn! Like, Smigel really, uh, really went for it on that one. Like, I think stars oh, there. Star guides into the Disney Vault, and like, they see like the uncut version of like Song of the South. Oh, geez. and other stuff like 
Or it's like Mickey's like, oh, come on. Like, this isn't so bad. Like, I'm funny. It's like, you're supposed to be funny. <laughs> I got to watch that. That sounds I wonder, is that on like YouTube or something? Or it should on... be because it's on the, because there's an SNL best of a TV Funhouse DVD. So uh-huh. I'm sure someone's uploaded that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that. That sounds great. It's pretty good. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think it's aired a lot, but like, you could probably find it on YouTube. Nice. Well, do you have any more pieces you wanted to bring up? <sighs> no, I think we got all the big ones. I mean, um, you know, like uh, Roger Rabbit, Rick the Bunny, Despicable Me 3, Ted 2. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff that's like playing with IP and playing with like, you know, convention culture, which even the convention I appreciated because like it felt like walking on the floor, like this, sure. like, not sad, but like, you know, everything, the way everything feels overstuffed and like overwhelming and just kind of like a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised as the pandemic continues to like wean down if if it ever ends ends like actually like mm-hmm. uh, if that kind of culture comes back because people just want to like get out well, there and dress up. And yesterday you and saw that like, like the Star Wars celebration. Apparently, it was very packed. Yeah, and they got everyone mostly everyone to go. Like Harrison Ford showed up. People are out of their minds. Then again, he but, doesn't yeah. have any regard for his body. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it then. Uh, do you have any other like closing thoughts about Rescue Rangers uh, before we wrap it up? I'm very curious of two things. One, if they'd released it in theaters, because I think it would have cleaned up. I don't know if it would have mm-hmm. had it. I would. I don't know if it had a big weekend to drop because maybe some parents might think like, oh, this is a little much because sometimes mm-hmm. it does get a little much. And two, I just really enjoyed it. It was something I was very skeptical about. But then once I saw the Lonely Island signed up, I'm like, OK, they must have something. Like, yeah. There must be some sort of spin and they took it the right way. They went, they didn't try to just make a rescue Rangers episode. They just like, let's just break this all down. Like this whole yeah. enterprise. Like we, we see this for what it is. We're just going to have fun with it. It's not yeah. Lord Miller level, um, like joke per ca- uh, for scene. Cause that's just very difficult to do. And even they struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. But you know, it was a worthwhile endeavor. It's only an hour and 40 minutes. And you know, I enjoyed myself. My 15 year old niece really loved it. I'm sure my daughter will love it. Like it's stuff, you know, I'm, I just like having stuff that like they, we can all like enjoy. Yeah, no, that, that that's fair. And I, I do think that like 20 year old me would have just fucking loved this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, just, I just like that. I got to, that. I wanted to stop and pause it to read all the sign gags. Like when he opens the freezer, there's like the frozen dinner, the foghorn leghorn chicken dinner. And there was like another one. And like, I'm like pausing. Like, what's on all, what's on all the stuff on the signs. The movie posters are great. The, that, that's oh my God. one of the best things. Mm-hmm. They do. Like Roger Rabbit does a good job of that too. Cause there's like a porky pig poster just like for like a, a show. You're like, Oh wow. Like you notice all these little details and that's why yeah. it didn't feel cynical to me. Like that's yeah. why it worked. Cause like they need to stuff it with stuff and, and uh, that you want to go back to. It wasn't just, we're going to reference stuff for the sake of referencing stuff. I wonder if I'll like it better if I rewatch it. I think you would. And just kind of like pause it once in a while to just kind of read the stuff in the background because it's great. That's where the best stuff is. It really, it really (laughs) took, uh, yeah, it was like Simpsons, like Simpsons esque, like sign gags and stuff. Yeah. Like stuff I really appreciated. I'm like, oh, and like, again, you don't need to know it to know it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't, it isn't that kind of thing. But it yeah. works like it, there's they stuff the world. They build the world out with enough details to where it just doesn't feel like Disney just made them do it. And they're like, all right, well, we guess we all need a new kitchen. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I think that does it for Rescue Rangers. Chauncey, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, George Carlin's American Dream was the last uh, movie I watched. The movie I watched actually Ooh. after Chippendale. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. I want to. I have a huge fan. Like people give Apatow a ton of shit, but like uh, as a comedy historian, he's about as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Like they really go into detail about what made Carlin work, why Carlin works. They really hammer down like the empathy, like his empathy for people is why even like the most searing bits still land, mm-hmm. you know, and why like other stuff doesn't. And then yeah. I also saw um, Jackass 4.5. Like also, po- I haven't watched that either, but I, I, I'm going to. I love yeah. Jackass 4. Me too. So. Me too. I love all of them. And the point fives are usually like, I can see why this didn't make the movie, but they kind of cross it with like a documentary about like why they made the movie, just the process of it, as mm-hmm. well as bits that like, I'm like, I'm surprised that didn't make it into the movie. Like yeah. there's some brutal ones. You're like, wow. Like the elephant yeah. hunting is one. And then the, um, the clown, the knockdown clown game, like is a kind of a book into that. Okay. Um, and they show like what happened with COVID, like just them going through the whole testing process each day on set. Like, Oh, this is actually very interesting. 
Nothing. I'm learning how they had to navigate all of that. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. One of my friends told me that uh, it has probably the grossest gag of any jackass. I don't yeah. know what he was talking about. I, but... Can I just tell you the title of it? Sure. Uh, it's I think it's called like sashimi, a sashimi sweatsuit. <laughs> um, I had to, it's one of those I had to leave the room. Like I don't usually get squeamish at stuff they do. It's like I just because I'm thinking about like the texture and the smell and just like the <laughs> visual. I'm like no. And there's like a small coda to it, like one of those like a day later, I, you know, this happened. And you're like oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and they also they have fun on the they show you the Paramount lot a lot. Mm-hmm. Cause like they filmed like the big opening there, and then they also other things like you know we're on the Paramount lot where they filmed Godfather, Chinatown, and that <laughs> <laughs> word. <laughs> like it's really interesting Steve to see junk. all of them, yeah, interact and like how they found the new people is pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. And the, oh, the prank at the very end. Remember Dark Shark? Dark. Sh- oh yeah, 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 definitely. They pull a prank on him at the end that it's so mean, but it's so funny because he's scared out of his mind. He's crying and. It- <laughs> but it works oh no it's so that's good amazing. it's only an hour and a half and you can and, and it's great like it makes you feel so much better like that's the best thing about jackass during all of this it's just been a sell like all four of them i'm watching that when i'm done with this whole marathon weekend of podcasting that i got lined it's up it's a for great myself. way to come down i yeah. promise you awesome awesome well john C, uh, this is great why don't you tell people where they can find you and your podcast and everything yep. else you're up to so I write about the Rams for LAFB Network. Uh, my Twitter handle is BigChance64. I'm great after like 12 o'clock watching movies. <laughs> like I'm sure you'll get a lot of drunk ambulance thoughts tonight. Oh, hell yeah. Because um, I can't wait to see it. And then uh, you can also find my podcast, LA Confidential, where we talk about sports. We'll do uh, superhero news, movie news. Um, like last week, we talked about Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. We talked about like the Thor 4 trailer. And uh, the casting, the Rita Morena being Dom's grandma in Fast 10 is just delightful. Nice. nice. Like logical and also amazing. Perfect. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. And yeah, it's a whole, it's a, it's a sports pop culture show. It's really fun. We just kind of hang out. Nothing, nothing serious, low stakes. And then I also had a guest on talking about Better Call Saul's uh, half season and just the show at large. Nathan. Oh, Tom. nice. I'll have to listen to that one. It's good. Like we really like that's like the one time I got the nerd out because my co-host don't watch it. Nice. Awesome. Uh, it was great having you back, Chauncey. Hopefully we'll get you back again sometime soon. I'm around for the fall, man. I want to get that five timers club jacket. Yes. Hey, guys, this is David, and I wanted to tell you about Newsly. It's an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. And what it does is really cool because I don't know if you're like me. I don't have a lot of time for just sitting around and reading stuff. I'm always either driving or doing something and just to like sit down and read, it's like, you know, who has time for that? And so with Newsly, you could basically turn any web article into kind of like a podcast and it reads the article in a natural human voice from basically anything on the internet, anything on the web. And this way, you know, you don't have to sit there reading and scrolling. You can listen to it just like you would a podcast. And it's got podcasts, too. Piecing It Together is on there. Uh, But then you could also find articles from all kinds of topics from, you know, entertainment and movies to sports and tech and business, science, all that kind of stuff. So really, if it's out there on the web, you can find it and you can listen to it. And uh, I've been using it as my default podcast app, and you can, too. And you can download Newsly right now for free from newsly.me. Check out the link in the show notes. It's available, like I said, on uh, Android and iOS in the uh, App Store and the Play Store. And there is a premium version available. And my listeners can get a one-month free premium subscription by using the promo code PIECINGIT. But all of the I's are ones. So that's P-1-E-C-1-N-G-1-T. Piecing it, but all of the I's are ones. And uh, I've got that in the show notes too. If you're uh, like me, out driving around listening to stuff, uh, you can't pull over right now. You can check it in the show notes and find that promo code and get that free one-month premium subscription to Newsly. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Thank you to Chauncey for joining me again. I always have a good time talking to Chauncey on these podcasts. Check out his podcast. I was on uh, fairly recently talking about our most anticipated movies. And uh, hopefully we'll do something like that again sometime soon. So if you are enjoying piecing it together, 
Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening, uh, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser, Pocket Casts, uh, Newsly, uh, wherever it is you're listening. Make sure you're subscribed, and if there's a five-star button, we would appreciate it if you hit that five-star button. And you could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And last but not least, don't forget about the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. You know, this weekend, I'm recording episodes on Mad God, Men, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Ambulance, uh, our Trailers episode, and Top Gun Maverick. I can't possibly put them all out in one week. So they will go to the Patreon first, and uh, that's where they'll be exclusive once they're edited and ready to go, and uh, you'll be able to hear them early over there on the Patreon until the timing is right to release them on the main feed. I also post bonus content, also stuff from Awesome Movie Year, bonus content from them, also stuff from my music career. I mentioned at the top of the show I'm working on a film right now. I'll be posting some sneak peeks soon. Also, once I finish that movie, I uh, will finally be able to get back to work on my next album which then i will have a lot of new stuff to post on there music related so uh yeah check it out patreon.com slash by david rosen if you really love what i do and want to uh, show a little support so let's close this out with a piece of music and i know i've played this on the show before on uh things with the kind of vibe like a chippendale rescue rangers uh i'm gonna do it again it's a track called rock and roll billy that i made about one of my good friends named Rock and Roll Billy. Uh, this was part of a little animated cartoon thing I made back in college, and uh, I had this song in my head, and it was supposed to sound like a Chippendales Rescue Rangers song, or like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or one of these like Saturday morning cartoon kind of things uh, about Billy and his dog Dexter, and about how they're crime fighters. And it's a ridiculous little cartoon thing. Oh, put a link in the show notes i guess and uh i hope you enjoyed the song rock and roll billy we'll be back with more piecing it together real soon West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.